Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. In the words of Dame Julie Andrews, let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> I wanted. I, I'm sorry, you know, I had you to. You know how much I, I love the sound of music reference. I had to. I was just like Veronica, Jesus Christ, and I was so excited because, like, that's how I'm gonna start Riverdale Roundup tomorrow, and I was very excited to record this, but. Without further ado, before we continue discussing the rest of this episode, Molly Neffel, how did you feel about that fuck scene? About uh, between Hiram and Hermione Lodge. I'm jumping right to it. We will go back, but I knew we would start here. Oh, I I just, I can't. We watched it, I think, four times. I kept going back because it was like, power move, power move. He comes in. I'm all right, we'll throw it out there. In any other situation, this is definitely an abuse of power. And it is not an okay thing to do. It's very bad to do this. I know. My inner scold, not my inner scold, my inner. It was like the Riverdale devil and the actual real life angel on my shoulder because the Riverdale devil is like, nothing's real in Riverdale. There's no such thing as an abusive relationship in Riverdale. As he's unbuttoning his shirt where she's like, get out, get out. You don't live here anymore. You don't live here anymore. And he just takes off his fucking shirt. Oh, mama mia. But then the real world angel on my shoulder was like, this is a show for teens. And it's basically showing how sexy it's domestic abuse situation could be and then the Riverdale devil is like this isn't real it's Riverdale it's Riverdale real and um we've been waiting I think since the very beginning to see a true sex scene between Hermione and Hiram Lodge and I honestly didn't think we'd ever get it I thought after you tried to kill your spouse on both ends um you'd think that they'd never have sex ever again but we were wrong yeah and the thing is it's obviously what the people want and it's just not i just had to tell myself this is riverdale this isn't big little lies it's okay that yes they have an absolutely toxic uh relationship with each other where they keep returning to each other and and they have an absolutely horrible uh abusive marriage but again this is riverdale and it's not big little lies so it's okay for them to have this super hot sex and uh they are both consenting adults 
They're both consenting adults. And even though there's a lot of toxic dynamics around this, we don't need to let that taint what is uh, otherwise a very good sex scene. I mean, especially when he said, what was it? It was like some couples tie each other up to spice up the bedroom, but we put hits on each other. And he's saying this (laughs) as his hand is around her throat from behind and then slips the strap. The strap of her nighty. I'm sorry, I'm getting verklempt as I'm talking about it. Off of her shoulder, and she melts for him. I have not. Oh my god, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I will say, Jeff and I definitely kept that moment in our brain for later on in the evening. And not, I'm not going to say that we pretended to be them when we had sex, but I will say it was in our brain. And the second, I, and then later on, I was like, you were thinking about that scene, right? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, how do you not? Maybe that's too much information, but I'm giving it today, guys, because that was so sexy. It was so sexy. And again, it's what the people want. It's what we've been waiting for. And any sex scene between Hermione and Hiram has to be real. You know, it has to be bad. And that was very bad. Technically, of all of these sex that I'm usually going auga, auga for, this one is okay because they're not even supposed to be in high school. Yeah, no, it's much better to have a a nice hot sex scene between actual adults. And we don't get that very often on Riverdale. And I never, I know that you and I are different in this way, but I never get too excited about the teen sex scenes, even though they're really people in their 20s. But because it's just, it's just a little, uh, it's a little too. It's bad for your brain. And it's just too, it's just like, so uh, I just know that teens that age aren't, you know, it's just, it's just not actually, uh, uh, it's not the same as like a, a seasoned pro like Hiram, you know? Oh my God. And you know what? He has to be good at it, right? He is a sensual lover. I think he takes it very slow and is very thorough. And, oh, I mean, I I think this goes without saying. I'd watch that tape. <laughs> we did watch that tape. We did watch that tape. Now, the thing is, is that let, let's rewind a little bit. I guess we can let's just start with Veronica because we're already in the midst of her story, even though, yes, we are talking about her parents having sex, but it has to do with Veronica and Hermosa, which is her now half sister that is on the scene that is also living in Riverdale who, ru- oh my God. The look on our faces when they said they were going to start running rum through Riverdale. It's like, is there any part of crime that Hiram doesn't have his finger on the pulse of? The real question is, is there any part of crime that anyone in this damn universe understands? Running rum, Dodger employs all these kids by giving them pizza and arcade games. It's like a 10-year-old <laughs> is trying to write a show about gangsters and they don't actually know how, how gangsters know. work, which is, again, they don't why know. it's okay to enjoy that sexy because nothing in Riverdale makes any fucking sense. No, it makes absolutely no sense. And now we've got Hermosa on the scene who runs his clubs in Miami that, of course, never brought up or talked about and that she is the daughter that he apparently knocked up a lounge singer and he took care of both of them which you know what that's difficult to do especially with a secret family and i want to give props to hiram on that he definitely financially took care of them 
I was going to say, took care of, I'm, I'm particularly attuned to what taking care of your family means right now. And uh, <laughs> it sounds like it was money, which is fine, but it, it, it does not sound like it was more than money. No, 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 no. It, I think it was just money, but at least there's that. I feel like a lot of people don't even get that. So I'll give him that. He True. did take at least some sort of responsibility for where he had lied his seed. And um, so now we just have a a 20% more Hispanic Veronica on the scene, and uh, <laughs> which is great because now instead of calling him daddy the way Veronica does, she calls him poppy, which is essentially daddy in Spanish. And because I asked, I, I'm, I was talking about this. It's like no one calls their father Poppy unless they're toddler, like kids, right? Well, all of my Spanish-speaking kids at school, many of them say Poppy. Do they really? Uh huh. Yeah. So I think that. See, it, I guess the kids I used to be around um, never did that. But I think I don't think we were talking about our fathers very often. And I wasn't one to be like, my daddy loves me because you know. <laughs> I didn't talk to my dad. So I think that maybe I'm just not the one to ask about this. But still, the <laughs> amount of time she says Poppy, and now we know that Hiram is playing daughter versus daughter because he's saying to both of them that they are the apple of his eye to try and pin them against each other. This is all while, which I have to say, the reason why the sex scene happened was part of Veronica turning her mother into a hostess at her speakeasy which disrespectful that's disrespectful <laughs> if i owned an establishment no fucking way not that there, i have anything against hostesses but you it's your mother give her a better job than that are you fucking kidding me yeah and also i gotta say maybe it was because the last episode was so boring but i really went into this episode and was like wait what both of them are just out of jail and now we just out of now jail. life is just normal just back to normal. They never spoke to it. Don't worry. You'd miss nothing. Okay. That makes me feel better. They're just out of jail now. I think that they used each other <laughs> against each other and I, I, something, something, something. Don't worry. Everything's back to normal. Now at least we have some <laughs> parents on the scene. Again, you're right. So much did happen this episode that we can't even spend too much time on this whole Veronica thing because honestly, it was just a little part of the episode. It was. It was. It was. Uh, man, I'm going to say maybe third or fourth most important plot line easily so now we know that hermosa is going to be in there and i'm going to assume they're going to start depositing rum <laughs> through the speakeasy i love and i are, they're like a northern t more northeast we don't exactly know where riverdale is right but there's definitely been some canada uh, northern border uh, crime. I believe it's like a Pennsylvania. Happened. We know it's close enough to New York that you could just do a, 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 an afternoon's drive. Right, right, right. And uh, but it doesn't seem to be actual Riverdale, like Riverdale, the Bronx. But uh, but it also now is apparently a hub for Caribbean rum. I can't wait. Please, oh, is Hermosa gonna open up her own like Havana Nights, very own oh, like like borderline stereotypically racist club <laughs> in Riverdale? That's only that's going to like where all the rum's gonna go through because Veronica's not going going to allow her to have her liquor in her establishment. Definitely, yes. You just called that. Put it down. Jackie called something. So when it happens. <laughs> You can tweet at Jackie and say you called it. <laughs> when Hiram and Hermosa came in after she had told her mother that all of our enemies go to table 13. And then she, when they came in and she just looked at her mother, she goes, 
we do have space at table 13. I was like, <laughs> all right, we get it. We get it. It's where the enemies go. It's where the enemies go. We get it. I, uh, I, I, I think that Hermosa might be growing on me. I think that the fact that Veronica still wants her daddy's approval, even though he has just spent years trying to kill her boyfriend, it just keeps me coming back. Oh, it will always, it will, oh my God, it'll always keep me coming. You're right. And I'm excited about Hermosa's arrival. And we've got some other, I guess, which, I don't even know which plot line to jump to next. So try to think of like a good segue into another plot line. A segue could be that Archie. Let's get Jughead out of the way. Yeah, let's do Jughead because Archie is also now back in cahoots with Hiram. But, I, but Archie's oh plotline continues to be trash. In the info of the show, it said, like, watch as Archie uses an unexpected ally. And when I saw it, it was like, well, that's probably Hiram. I was like, well, what <laughs> if it's the bear? And I just imagine, like, the bear coming into, like, is this a community center? Let me be your guard. And I'd be like, oh, thanks, bear. You know, it's like, isn't it crazy we got into that tumble six months ago? You know, Bear, I wasn't ready to forgive you for when you mauled me, but when I thought about <laughs> it, I thought, I'm trying to help these kids. Whatever puts the kids first, that's what I gotta do. Ugh, Archie, Archie, Archie. As we all know, Archie is now a masked vigilante, and he's going through Sketch Alley, and he's trying to, like, say, you know what? It's none of your fucking business, Archie. Not to say, I, of course, don't want orphans. <laughs> and homeless children to be dragged into some sort of gang activity, obviously. <laughs> but Archie, it's none of ya. Fu- yeah. None ya. Yeah. That's what I'm going back to the old-fashioned phrase of none ya business. You were, so the fact that you caught a child trying to steal a car, so you handcuffed him to the steering wheel so you, as just regular Joe Archie, to come along to also report him to the police, which is exactly what's happening. You have to remember, he's he's brought in to FP, and this orphan and or homeless child has no one for him to be reprimanded by. What does he think that he's doing? Yeah, Archie's got a bit of a catcher in the rye thing going on where he somehow, for some reason, thinks it's his job to save all the children. Also, again, see my aforementioned complaint that whoever's writing this fucking plot line doesn't... It's... it's the, the kids the kids keep going back to Dodger because he's giving them pizza and arcade games. Maybe I can just put some arcade games in my community center. Man, you don't... Stop, oh, I, don't, I don't know why I'm so mad because I'm like... Have you ever even seen like an episode of The Wire or some like basic pop cultural representation of why like drug dealers like deal drugs? It's not for pizza and arcade games. And it just makes me so mad. It's not for pizza and arcade games, you idiot. And then also, of course, it, it's just like, I don't understand. No one's showing up to play video games at the boxing match place. And then Veronica's like, don't worry, I'll bring it fries and burgers it's like you're that's such a loss veronica i know you can write it off down the line but you are in the middle of a lot right now you just can't do this kind of shit and the one time you do it you're right that's really gonna turn over this community archie you fucking idiot and can i do i got a question is dodger 
45 years old? Or Absolutely. is it just that the teenagers look so... But even the adults, he looks older than the adults, right? Yeah, he, he's a middle-aged man who appears to be the single drug dealer in Riverdale, even though there for was now. like a robust drug scene going on in Riverdale for years. And, and, and all of that is just gone now. All that's gone. And now there's just this one guy who we've never met before who owns an arcade that we've never seen our teen characters hang out at who or who doesn't own it but who like you know owns it unofficially and uses the arcade machines to hide his uh contraband as fp found in a raid and also let us mention that archie and we mentioned this a little bit on last show archie has just weaponized the police FP to be his private fucking, you know, vigilante law enforcement. Vigilante fucking assistant. He's the Robin now. When did FP become the Robin to fucking Archie as Batman get fucked, you nerd? I'm sorry. I don't mean to curse as much, but Archie really is now like, he's starting to make me angry, angry. Like, we're all yeah. angry. Yeah. Yeah. This plot line is so, it's just, it's just so, like, it's just so dumb. It's too dumb. Like I like like Cheryl's plotline, good dumb. Archie's plotline that he needs to get arcade games in his fuck. He just did this community center thing, and now he's like, "How do I save the kids?" They're just using the same story every episode. It's bad dumb. It is bad dumb. But also, I'm gonna throw it out there. Another thing that I'm gonna try and call is that there's gotta. It has to be something to do where he's obviously he's got his contraband and the drugs inside of the arcade games but do you think that there's something even more ridiculously riverdale nefarious about one of the games or something that is like drawing these children in you know what i mean oh like maybe it's a gargoyles thing like there's a game that everybody there is playing esque kind of thing because you know what i wouldn't put it past riverdale to do a very similar thing again because yeah as we've seen later on this episode, we've seen it before. But they do <laughs> yes. it in such a different, interesting way where you're like, I didn't expect you to go back to that. Riverdale season four seems to be a uh, let's just take every plot line we've already done and do it again and have that be the surprise. Mash them ups. <laughs> it, I'm, still sur- I'm still surprised every time because now Archie is back in cahoots with Hiram Lodge, which... Uh, 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 uh. And so Hiram Lodge beats the shit out of Dodger, rolls him up in a carpet, and leaves him out in front of the community center. This is bad. This is dumb. Don't work with Hiram again. But you know what? I got to say, really happy Hiram's back on the scene. Really missed him. Really missed his, like, he is... I think he's like the Joker of just like Fido DD. Yeah, I'm definitely glad he's back. Um, and I love that Archie went to Hiram, asked for help. Hiram's a fucking murderer. He asked for help, he's and now Dodger is hurt. And Arch- Archie's like, "Oh no, we gotta help Dodger. We gotta call the hospital." You, oh my, oh, Archie, I want to shake him to death. You know, there. I, I know that I've said this many times, and still to this day, Archie is the only character in living history that I, I just every time he's on the screen, I want to shake him to death. And the opposite of how I feel about that award goes to Cheryl and TT this episode, which I'm glad they were back because they weren't in the last episode. I missed them so. I miss them so, and I and I just all right. So let's give a rundown of what happened with Cheryl. 
We all know that the evil doll that essentially is the spirit of her third dead sibling (laughs) is now haunting (laughs) her and her brother's corpse that lives in the chapel. Now, JJ's corpse still looks great. Yeah. It looks absolutely pristine. He has been dead for a while. Yeah. This is my biggest question. He's not reanimated. I, that seems unambiguous now. But he, why isn't he rotting? Gideon says it's because he's embalmed. But I still think that he wouldn't look as good as he does. He looks like um a rubber chicken. <laughs> really is what it is. His mouth looks like a rubber chicken. I keep waiting for the for the doll to press his stomach and for him to go, ah! <laughs> But if he starts making that noise, I mean, I guess I love this show even more. You know what I mean? And and crucially, the doll and JJ's corpse, the doll who is Julian, uh, the embodied ghost of their dead triplet, is is they seems to now have yeah merged with JJ's corpse so that Cheryl, even though she's keeping JJ's corpse because she's developed a relationship with it, uh, it seems like now she is scared of both because they're always together. They're always together. And so this, talk about more unexpected guests that we've never heard about. Uncle Bedford and Aunt Aunt Cricket show up to say that they need Cheryl's signature because they want to sell the maple syrup business. Now, she's on board until also, I'm, I think, nameless child that hasn't spoken yet. Correct? Which one? Because Aunt Cricket and Uncle Bedford have a kid i'm assuming that's another blossom kid that the, that has just been in these scenes with them but i'm pretty sure hasn't spoken a word yet uh-huh yeah okay right because there's also this whole time there's twins there that the senile old grandma is apparently taking care of all day except that the evil spirit of their third dead sibling that embodies that is embodied inside of a doll can get to these children because the old senile woman is not watching said children. I just had a stroke of genius. What if that third child that hasn't been speaking that seems to be Cheryl's age is the third Blossom sibling? I don't know who Aunt Cricket and Uncle Bedford is. I don't think they said on which side, but I'm assuming it's her father's side. Gotta be. And I think that Cricket must be... The sibling, they didn't get into that very much. They sure All didn't. we know is that we don't like them because they want to get into the chapel, and that's where JJ lives, and also the doll that is that embodies the dead spirit of their third sibling that didn't live. And Uncle Bedford goes into the basement, into the chapel while they are sleeping. And starts to attack Cheryl because he wants to, um, he threatens to turn her to the authorities, but then he says, or maybe I'll save them the trouble because I guess he was just going to kill her. And then Titi comes in for the win and slams him in the head with something and knocks him out cold. So at first I thought that she killed him, but I don't think she did. We don't think she killed him? I don't know. Because then Auntie Cricket came around because she couldn't find her husband. And then Cheryl's being all Cheryl again. It's just like... Sorry, auntie. I don't know where he is. Get off of my property. She was being extra Cheryl this episode, and I'm here for it. She was. I know she was using, she uses all sorts of ridiculous turns of phrase that I just love so much. I'll refer you to the constable. (laughs) You remember where the door is. (laughs) I love her. I love her, and I just... T 
Titi, I think, is the most patient girlfriend I've ever seen ever in anything. I think one thing that is unfortunate about the season is that they're not giving Titi anything. She's just Cheryl's, like, Lackey. quiet, doting partner. Yeah. And it's just, um, it makes, and uh, what I do love is that I think that, I don't know where Cheryl's looking up her tips. When she goes to go to school, she leaves Julian, the doll, the embodiment, the, the, the spirit, in a circle of salt, and when she goes to school, she gets called into the principal's office because, which also, we haven't seen, no, not the principal's office, talk to the secretary, we have not seen Principal Honey. That's true. In a bit. We haven't, and she says, why did you summon me? <laughs> why, did, why did you summon me? <laughs> it's because Dagwood, one of the twins, had accidentally, quote unquote, swallowed a ping pong and had to have a tracheotomy done? Well, you know, they are twins who are under the care of Granny Blossom, who is so old. I've been worried about the welfare of those twins. They they need more help than that. But, you know, Cheryl already got rid of the big honkin' galoot from a couple of episodes ago. So they don't have any help, but it was the doll that did it. So then Cheryl tried to drown the spirit out of the doll, but I don't think you can do that. Um, I right? think that you try, right? Is that, that seems like something that people have tried before, but I don't think that it can happen. She certainly tried, and I highly doubt that it's going to do anything, but now we don't know. So we are left in an unknown state of what's going to be happening with Cheryl and TT. But let's get into... Let's, you know what, let's throw down on Jughead. Let's do it. Let's talk Jughead. Yeah, Jughead definitely had the best plot of this episode. Uh, maybe tied with Cheryl. I think, I think, honestly, though, but what about Betty and Charles that we haven't even gotten to yet? Yeah. We, yeah, that's true. We're this, gonna yeah. get to that. Yeah. So Jughead, through all of this, he is dealing with his whole Baxter Boys situation and the fact that he is at this Stonewall prep and he is, which we did call, that the grandfather, he's pretty sure, according to the syntax, that his grandfather <laughs> wrote the first Baxter Boys book and not Francis DuPont, who keeps claiming that he did. Yes, you called that and I was very proud of you. Uh, we is now basically confirmed via uh Betty finding they have great archives at Riverdale High, finding an old oh, man, literary magazine from when Forsyth the first transferred there after dropping out of Stonewall Prep. Uh, and that basically proves because of the words he uses and his literary fingerprints. And because his name was Frosty Pajamas. <laughs> that has to be like a sex move, right? That's, that, that's got to be, right? Betty. I don't know what it is, but I'm assuming it is. Frosty is basically an anagram of Forsyth. It's, the, it? it's basically an anagram. Jesus Christ. All right. You Not how talk, anagrams work. I guess talk anagrams. I'm going to throw it out there. What if, because especially that DuPont, which now we know, because Mr. Chipping looked at Jughead and said, I'm sorry, Jughead, I couldn't help you, and then threw himself out the window. <laughs> And he's dead. So his teacher, his one teacher at Stonewall Prep is now dead. But did you notice that the other kids didn't act surprised when he did it? Uh, did I notice? Jughead turns around and he says, call 911. And all the kids are just sitting there staring at him. That was the scariest moment of the episode. It was very, very creepy. But I think it's got to do with something about the uh, 
what is it like 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 uh, similar to like a skull and bones type thing of like the society that I don't think he really killed himself. I think this is all just like a setup. I think this is part of whatever's happening at fucking creepy ass Stonewall Prep. And I think that Francis Dupont is actually his grandfather. Really? Right? Is that crazy? Well, okay. F- to first of all. Mr. Chipping, I thought that we thought that he was in on it. But then this episode, he was acting all tortured. Like, oh, I wish I could help. I think he is extra in on it. And uh-huh. I think it was all a ruse. A ruse to act tortured and jump out the window? Yes. I think it's, okay. I think it's a ruse. I'm slapping ruse on it. Who knows? I mean, you certainly might be right about DuPont being the grandfather because it would be very Riverdale-y. But in terms of that actually making sense... Uh, it wouldn't make sense because now the whole thing we learned in this episode is that the first book reads differently than the next four books, which DuPont wrote. But maybe something happened to him or something like that, that it changed or just changed uh, how he wrote or something like uh-huh, that. Because uh-huh. I just was like, when he was talking with such venom about FP, which... Why? You saying that like, well, your father's also, he's a thief and yeah. he's all these things where it's like, right. why would he give a fuck about right. Jughead's dad? Right, right, right. Why does it, but right. Cause at first I was like, okay, so this DuPont guy murdered Forsyth the first. Uh, right. But then why would he care about FP, Forsyth the first son? Son. So, and, and like his name is still Francis. So it's like, I feel like that maybe also has a middle name or like maybe he like donned a new identity or so, you know something Riverdale-esque. I don't know. I just had a bit of a hunch. Yeah, no, it's it's something's going on with DuPont and and he definitely has something to hide and now he's got a bone to pick with Jughead and he gave Jughead this big classist speech about how you people want an inch and then you take a football field. It was very, that was very weird and uncomfortable. I actually, it was like, it was borderline as uncomfortable as I felt with like the child abuse plot line where I was like okay but you know you guys in reality are all actors making a lot of money right yeah like lots and lots of money but you know yeah yeah whenever they try to to like do the whole like Jughead is like you know quote-unquote white trash thing I, I don't feel like they quite hit it but they I appreciate that they tried to show like what class disparity looks like and especially in a school like that that is you know known right. for being like that but now francis dupont is a is now jughead's only teacher at this school will they ever bring up mr chipping's death ever again after he threw himself out of the window in front of students who should probably be in some sort of psychiatric care uh, <laughs> i don't know or maybe he is not dead maybe it's all fake We don't know what's going to happen with that. All we know is that possibly all of this has something to do with the perfect murder thing that Jughead is writing. I don't I it's got to be bitsy pieces of all of these episodes have to do with it. Right. I had like a flash when I was watching this fucking episode and I was like, I got to remember this for Riverdale. It's my clarity moment. And now I can't even capture it. But it's like, what if what if if Jughead is trying to prove like. What if this whole murder plot line that he does is like to prove something about his grandfather or about his grandfather's book? Like, is he trying to maybe reenact a plot from the first Baxter book? You know, like Jughead could be too. Like, yeah, like it's, you know, as we as we uh, contemplated last episode, it could be him, uh, you know, trying to show the perfect murder. It could be him. It could be that we're seeing what his story is or 
like, yeah, my thought today is like maybe he's trying to like reverse engineer them to believe him about something that happened to his grandfather or something, you know? I, I love I love where your head is going with this because I, it, it is one of my favorite things. I think that we're really exploring this, Molly, together this season where we are really just let's talk ideas. Uh-huh. Because I think yeah. in the past we were just talking about what happened to the show. But I think it's kind of fun. You don't even understand when I want to say a thank you to you guys that tagged me with how right we were uh, about the grandfather thing in on social media i just want to say thank you so much for doing that because you know what i think that it's replacing the dopamine i used to get by smoking cigarettes i'm just like every time i see it i'm like yeah 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 it doesn't matter it doesn't mean anything but to me it's a win you know yeah yeah and it it uh i feel like this season is good for this season has not yet jumped the shark so much that there's no point in predicting what could happen next. Whereas I feel like we got that in the end of season three. It was like, Oh, I guess it's fucking Oregon farm. You know, like it, it didn't feel, we weren't, it wasn't fair. We couldn't have predicted what, what, they, where that fucking season no. went. And this one, it, it, it seems like we are, uh, we are a little bit more on even ground where we can try to predict what they're teasing us with, with these jughead teasers. But I love it. And I think that it's so over the top. It's great. I think that this honestly, I see in a lot of the reviews and recaps and stuff that I feel like the season's getting a bad rep. And I think that the season has been great so far. Yeah, I've definitely been enjoying this season far more than the end. Maybe my shade about the end of season three is coming through too strong. But the end of season three, I was like, all right, Riverdale. All yeah. right. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. But I'm back now. But then at the same time, is it a lot to think that I, I, I wrote this down because I thought it was very funny that when Betty and Kevin were talking about Charles in the beginning of the episode and Betty was like, well, what if he's a serial killer? And then Kevin's like, well, what if he's just like a lonely gay guy? And then Betty says, oh, what if he's both? And then immediately thought of who other than Chick? The serial killer slash lonely homosexual could have been brother that is in jail in Riverdale that she can just go and talk to at her leisure. Yeah, I was happy to have the return of Chick, honestly, but it did feel every time Riverdale does something that's like a little woke, that's just like 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 uh, Marmaduke being like, I like both boys and girls, Jughead. Then they do something that's just like, well... Let's let's say something really weird about gay serial killer. It's very it's also very interesting because I think between Kevin and so if you guys don't watch the show, so Betty is trying to go after her now brother Charles slash FBI agent mentor that's teaching her about her murder vision and they both have these serial killer genes. And so she's following him because she wants to see if he too is a serial killer. And she doesn't understand why he goes to the gym every night for 90 minutes. And um, it's, again, Nanya, bitch, but I get it. And I do like the fact that they paint the portrait that all gay men in Riverdale just haunt the streets yeah. looking for tail. And yeah. that is what, as again, like you said, if them try to be woke, it's like, well, I mean... That or at this point, maybe Hermosa needs to open up a great gay nightclub for uh, all of these lonely, haunted 
gay men that roam the streets to at least have a place to go and dance. Yeah, there is a robust cruising scene in Riverdale, which is something I always appreciated. I always loved those the beginning storylines of Kevin cruising in the woods. I thought was great. But now it seems like there's actually a lot of out gay people in Riverdale, and yet they still just like lurk in the woods uh in and, the shadows yeah and 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 so then there's this big reveal speaking of scary gayness at the end when uh charles goes i know we're bypassing charles and betty's whole plot line so should i not go there yet i mean let's talk about the plot line and then we will get to the end of where this story goes the big scary serial killer gay reveal lover <laughs> fest I really actually, I loved this. So she she's tailing Charles, goes to talk to Chick and was like, wait a second. Didn't you say you were with my brother in the hostel when you guys killed that man? And he's like, I didn't kill the man. Charles went dark. Charles killed the man. Which I don't know why Betty is taking such an affront to because technically isn't that what she and her mother did? Yes, they did. But that's the whole thing. It's triggering for Betty because she's like, Charles went dark. I go dark. We are both serial killers. Serial killers. We've got the gene. And so what does Chick do is that he tries to turn Alice Cooper in to the police. But who is the police? Only FP who happens to have sex with Alice Cooper and also aided in the murder of the junkie that was in her home or hiding the body at least. (laughs) It's a good thing that everybody in this town who does crimes is good friends with the sheriff. I really feel like it's that really is good. really facilitating this entire season. Archie's got FP in bed with yeah. him. Alice has FP in bed literally with her. Literally. And on top of it, so then now the only FBI agent that's in town as the head of a field <laughs> operation also is in there, the palm of their hands. But can I just throw it out there that as much, number one, they really, if you're going to go try and hide the remnants of a murder scene, Change out of your sheriff's outfit, FP. I don't know why you decided to do this in the sheriff's outfit. Maybe, I guess it's because if someone (laughs) happens upon you doing it, they're like, oh, he's just doing sheriff business. Don't worry about him. Oh, it's just just a sheriff burying a corpse better. The sheriff being the sheriff. Because that was, you know, (laughs) seven months ago when he was the head of a gang and not the head of the police force in Riverdale. But when Charles came in, can I just throw it out there? I thought he looked sexy when he was all wet and dirty. And I haven't thought that about Charles at all. All corpse rumpled. Mm, He he was corpse rumpled. (laughs) That is how I would describe him. He was corpse rumpled. And his hair was just kind of like kind of floppy. And I was like, ooh, bad boy. But then, of course, when we find out it's because he's he is a big old homosexual. Of course, I'm attracted to him. It makes (laughs) sense. It was all a dupe. Charles comes back and he's like, he's like, Betty, why did you go to Chick? Now Chick is threatening to talk about the time that you, uh, that your mother uh, and he killed a guy in your kitchen and then FP buried the guy. And Betty's like, oh, no, what a dupe. Also, Betty, get your, keep your head on straight. And so then they're like, oh, FP and Charles, we fixed it. And Betty's like, thank you so much. I guess now I should trust you and let you into my home unquestioningly. Of, co- of course he's duping you. Of course he's duping you. He's tapped the phone lines. And we do, of course, find the reason for the dupage at the end of the episode when Snap 
now I deem sexy Charles goes to the prison and does the hand touch like it's through the gates of a concentration camp to <laughs> Chick. And what did he say? It went, it was like, he said something like, it went smooth as cream. What did he say? All I remember is that they each call each other babe, and that's babe. how we know they're gay. That's how you know that they're homosexuals. They say the word babe. And so they put up their hands to each other across the glass of the prison, and they said, smooth as cream, babe, <laughs> and said I love you to each other. And I, um, he's a double agent. He's a double agent. He's a double agent working for Chick. Another thing you called. But also now... Is he so we have to remember this is Jeff screamed about this for a while. He said, so so you have to assume that when they lived together, because when Chick came on the scene, they had just lived together. Right. In that hostel together. Right. So two years ago, two years ago, Charles was a was an addict, was a jingle jangle addict that lived with another jingle jangle addict. And they stabbed a homeless dude to death and then hid the body. But now he is the head of an FBI field operation teaching teens in the high school. And Jeff did refer to him as the Professor X of Murder Vision. And we laughed about that for a very long time. (laughs) And I, I, this is again to say, is he really FBI? Because I also, we didn't even talk about the polygraph test that Betty made him go oh, yeah. through, which I'm sorry. I'm, I Even I know how to pass the polygraph test. It's really not that difficult. It's all about in the... And how does Betty know how to set up and read a polygraph test? <laughs> I don't know. It's all about setting it up and figuring out the, the normals of where this person is, which is why you ask them all the questions that you know that they know the answers to that they cannot lie about to establish where they are on the scale uh, when you're reading the polygraph test. And if he is an FBI agent, he definitely can pass a polygraph test. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All good points. But really, I think there's two questions here. Is he an FBI agent? Great question. Is he actually Betty's brother? Great question. Is he or is he just some guy who's Chick's boyfriend? I don't know. Do they just keep happening to find the only other blonde dudes in Riverdale? <laughs> They're like, must be. Is he, or are we calling hair racist? Are people being hair racist? Because like, oh, must we get? A DNA test. If you're going to give him a polygraph test, find out if this man is actually biologically your brother. Yeah, that's a very good idea. Betty should have thought of that. Or is he? Oh, or remember before we were talking about how like it's uh, like he's got the serial killer genes. So, oh, Alice Cooper must also have the serial killer genes. Or what if he is her half brother? But not Alice Cooper and FP's kid, but Hal Sparks's. I keep saying Hal Sparks, and <laughs> I want to say I love you guys so much for calling me out on the social media. And you guys do it in such the nicest way. It's because I wanted to have so much sex with Hal Sparks when I was in middle school. It's because of Queer as Folk. And it's because of the the Channel E. And I wanted to have so much sex with Hal Sparks. And I'm going to, you know what? 
I'm keeping it. He's only going to be referred to as Hal Sparks. And I just want to say the reason that I didn't correct you at first when you started calling it Hal Sparks is because you said it was such ownership that I assumed I was right. I don't even I was remember like, doing it. I guess his it. name is Hal Sparks Cooper <laughs> because Alice Cooper's name is Alice uh, Cooper. And so I was like, maybe his name is Hal Sparks. I don't like, even remember like doing it. Like maybe he has a funny celebrity name. I just did it again. I don't even remember doing it. I don't know how I do. I don't know why I keep doing it. I know it's Hal Cooper, but what other Hal do you know? I don't know any other Hal. And I think I just used to say the name Hal Sparks so often, but it is weird because I saw that Hal Sparks is coming to some club around here pretty soon, and it's called like Looney Tunes. And I was like, oh, Hal Sparks, I used to want to have a lot of sex with him. Same. And now I guess he just lives in my brain. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, so... So you're saying that uh, Charles could still be her brother, but not on Alice's side, on Hal, the serial killer's side. Because that would make way more sense. Because if Betty has a serial killer genes, but only her father is a serial killer, we know how genes work. Alice would either have to be a serial killer also for him, Charles, to have the serial killer gene, or he could have gotten it from Hal, like presumably Betty got it from Hal. Interesting. Which... Or, which we didn't even think about last week when we were talking about this, if he is FP's kid, what if he got it from FP? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was burping. I, I was burping, not crying. crying. <laughs> what if he got it from FP? What is he going to do? My FP can't go bad again. He's already gone good. Yeah, FP is not a serial killer. If if they make FP a serial killer, I'm done. I'm out. No, I don't think that they can. I don't think that they will, and I don't think that they can. I um, we we are we've talked about it for way too long, and I'm sorry. <laughs> there was just so much, and I was so excited about this episode because it's um ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It was this was a particularly ridiculous in a good way, Riverdale. Oh yeah, and I did want to say that I forgot when we talked up top about the sex scene between Hiram and Hermione that what she said. I already regret this right before they started fucking, which, girl, been there. But I want to say... <laughs> that was a very identifiable moment. Oh, yeah. But anytime I've ever said that about a person, they didn't look like Mark Consuelos. <laughs> <laughs> that was not something I ever said. I definitely uh, I've hit those moments before. But so we all identify with Hermione this episode and this... Uh, We've got a lot of questions, and we I don't know how they're going to be answered, but we they're going to have the week off for Thanksgiving, so we will have one more episode of Riverdale Roundup before our Thanksgiving week off, and I'm excited about that because um, what kind of cliffhanger are they going to leave us on, Molly? Yeah, it's going to be something real fucked. It's, oh, it's going to be real fucked. We love you guys so much. Please hit me up on Instagram at jackthatworm. You can DM me. You can tag me in things. If you've got ideas about what is going on with Riverdale or if you have a stroke of genius, I want to know about it. We love you guys so much. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Riverdale Roundup. Epi- season 5? Episode 6? I think it's I season think? four. Season four? I don't even know, man. Season four, episode six, Hereditary. We love you, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. 
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.